This is Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cudmore on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5 FM. We welcome Mayor of Albany, the Mayor of Albany, I should say, Kathy Sheehan. How are you doing, Mayor? I'm well. How are you? Good. The talk of the world right now, of course, is the uh, terrorist attacks that took place in uh, Paris, France. And, oh, there are different aspects to it. First, just, I mean, I mean, all of us have reaction to this. I mean, as it started to happen last week, what's yours? Just how tragic it is that people who were going about their everyday lives and enjoying an evening out, whether it was at a concert or a restaurant or a soccer match, I think that everyone across the world could relate to that type of evening to have terror that really was uh, unleashed on the city of Paris. It really is tragic and our hearts go out to uh, the people of Paris. Uh, We have a young lawyer who works for the city of Albany who is from Paris and it's just a very difficult time. It, It hits really close to home. One of the issues that's uh, come up in in this country in the aftermath is what to do about Syrian refugees. You've you've seen this played out on a national scale, also to some extent on a a state uh, scale. What do you think? Well, I would encourage people to inform themselves because I think that oftentimes misunderstanding or not knowing the process of what it takes to be a refugee can lead to fear. But if you really understand what the refugee process is like, you find that refugees who come to this country from war-torn countries really around the world, they are more likely to start their own businesses. They are far less likely to commit crimes than people who are born here. They have to go through a very rigorous vetting process. And we are really fortunate in the city of Albany to be a city that does um, have a large refugee population and that has refugees who are really working to make their life in America. So I think it's really important that people understand the process. This isn't masses of people, you know, walking across a border. This is a very controlled process, and it is something that I think we should be proud of as Americans, that we can provide a home. And then when you look at all of the economic indicators that are associated with the um, with refugees and with immigrants, um, the positive impact that it is having uh, in our country is undeniable. I know that uh, the Burmese have come to this uh, area. I don't know if it's specifically in Albany, but what are some of the other ethnic groups? You know, what the uh, refugee resettlement folks try to do is to resettle people in areas where there are people of similar ethnic backgrounds. So we do have a number of Burmese. Um, There are a number of Pakistanis um, who have uh, resettled here. And so when you look at the, um, the different groups that are resettled here, those are the main ones. But I would encourage anybody who's interested in this. I mean, it's really a wonderful way that people can become involved and can help out. We have a resettlement agency right here in the city of Albany, and it really relies on volunteers to help these families to really learn to navigate their way through our school systems, through the workforce, through attaining housing. And we really have a wonderful group of volunteers and students who are involved. I know students from the College of St. Rose are involved in teaching English to both children and adults. And so, it's really a wonderful way to build community. You can send in questions uh, to Mayor Sheehan. Uh, here's an email address. Ask Kathy. That's Kathy with a K. Ask Kathy at albanyny.gov. We have two questions from uh, constituents this week. Uh, one asks, I need to renew my driver's license. I'm told I need a certified copy of my birth certificate. 
Can I get that at City Hall? Well, if you were born in the city of Albany, you can get a birth certificate at City Hall. We're located on Eagle Street, and the Office of Vital Statistics is the office that you would want to call. That number is 434-5045. It's $10, which is much less expensive than going through the state, but you can also obtain a certified copy of your birth certificate through the state. But I think if you call the office and find out what you need to bring in and also just determine whether or not you were born within the city of Albany. Another question uh, comes from Chuck. He has some kind words to say about you. I thought I'd just throw that in. But <laughs> his question is this. Several people have motorcycles on our street. They take up lots of parking places. Are they allowed to park on the sidewalk next to their house, thereby saving space on the street? Unfortunately, no. It is illegal to park any motorized vehicle on the sidewalk. That's uh, a violation of the vehicle and uh, safety laws, so that is is not possible. You know, we do ask people, particularly when you live in neighborhoods that rely heavily on on street parking, to just be considerate of of that parking. But you know, folks with motorcycles need to have a place to park their vehicles as well. Mm. Yeah, I suppose it would interfere with the pedestrians and and so forth. Exactly, exactly. It's but it is a violation to park a motor vehicle on a sidewalk. All right. Also in the news this week, a story about the minimum wage, minimum wage hike for city workers specifically. Governor Cuomo joined the mayors of Rochester and Buffalo in saying they want to increase the minimum hourly wage for municipal workers to $15 over the next 6 years. Where do you stand on that for the city of Albany? Well, I really admire the governor's leadership on this. I think that uh $15 as a minimum wage is an important goal. And the governor has said <clears throat> that we need to look at ourselves and look at what state government is paying if he's going to be asking or if I'm going to be advocating for a $15 minimum wage across the state. We need to look at our own workforce and move towards a minimum wage. So I have signed on and I completely support the phase in that the governor is supporting. And I'm going to be working with our common council and with our collective bargaining units to do that for city workers within the city of Albany. As I understand it, the first bump up, uh, which I think the governor proposes for next year, goes to a level that you're already paying in the city of Albany. Well, the minimum wage that is $9, and the bump up would take it to nine seventy-five. So we're, we're actually looking at it right now and analyzing that. Right now, for that first bump up, it really impacts our seasonal workers more so than our full-time employees. But we are going to be, and I'm reaching out to my... Um, uh, fellow elected officials on the Common Council, we've got to roll up our sleeves, look at our budget, and make a commitment to getting this done. Now, of course, there are people who are opposed to hiking in the minimum wage, and here in Albany, there's always concern about taxes. I mean, ultimately, uh, the people have to pay for the, this increase. Well, we've got to figure out how we're going to ensure that people make a living wage, and I believe, particularly in cities like Albany, that when you have an increase in the minimum wage and when you are paying people a wage that allows them to provide for their families, that the entire community benefits. So when people have more money in their pockets, they're spending that money locally and it's going back into growing our economy. Okay. In connection with taxes, it was linked to taxes and other things, but the Albany High School Reconstruction Project has been defeated following uh, the counting of the absentee ballots by a 100-vote margin. School board is considering options. What do you think they should do? 
Well, absolutely, there is a need to deal with the structure of the high school. We can't, as residents of Albany, ignore the fact that we have a building that is dated, that is in need of significant improvements, and that we have an education system that has shifted from what that building was built for in the first place. So we've got to prepare the workforce of the future, and it's my understanding that the school board and the superintendent are revisiting the plan in any event, we know that about $100 million worth of repairs are needed on that building, which would require, I believe, a bond authorization. So it's my understanding that they're looking at that and deciding what they're going to come back to the voters with. Do you think that there will have to be a special election to vote on the bond issue or don't? It's my understanding that the school district does have the ability to schedule a special election. I don't know what their plans are, whether they're planning on waiting or whether they would be planning on calling a special election. Another story in the news this week, protected bike lanes for uh, bicycle riders. Uh, Supporters of uh, bike lanes called on uh, your city to let them set up a temporary demonstration of how such a thing would work, specifically on Madison Avenue, where the city is uh, revamping the street anyway. Yeah, we have an engineering firm that is looking at what was traffic calming project. I mean, the point is to calm traffic on Madison Avenue. And I do think that people avoid Madison Avenue on their bikes as it's currently configured. I think that we have a couple of options um, that are being considered, and I think they're great options and that they're going to greatly improve the safety and the bicycling on Madison Avenue. But I have asked our engineers for some additional information before we go out and have a public meeting, and I've also asked them to consider whether or not it's feasible to do a demonstration project. Mm -hmm. When you talk about um, whether it's dedicated bike lanes or protected bike lanes, we are going to be looking at a significant increase in cyclists on Madison Avenue either way. So they're both going to be outstanding options and really change the flow, the look, and the feel of Madison Avenue. What are the protected bike lanes? I gather from the people who want them, they say that just having a bike lane makes bicyclists susceptible to accidents when people open their car doors when they're parked. What, what do they mean? What do you protect well, them? Well, you know, um, traditional bike lanes can be found throughout the country. I was just speaking with the mayor of Ithaca, which, you know, is a very progressive community. He's a very progressive mayor, who I, I really admire. And they have traditional bike lanes in Ithaca, um, not the protected bike lanes. Protected bike lanes would have the bike lane between the curb and parked cars, then there would be a line of parked cars, then there would be the flow of traffic. And so while it does reduce potentially that car individual contact, you are still dealing with the door opening on the passenger passenger side. side. And then the other concern that has been raised by our engineers is how the parked cars that are parked along the traffic lane, particularly with snow, as we get plenty of here Mm -hmm. in the city of Albany, that that gets plowed and piled up against those cars and makes it even more dangerous for them as people try to shovel out their cars that now they're standing in the only travel lane because we would reduce the number of travel lanes on Madison Avenue down to one in each direction. So we're really looking at that. We're also looking at what it would take to maintain because you need special equipment 
to maintain protected bike lanes because you can't just have the plow coming down the street, right? Because you've got parked cars mm-hmm. and then the lane. And so we're looking at what the maintenance cost would be. We want to win. You know, we want a win for bicyclists in the city of Albany. And I'm a firm believer that we need to move forward, that this is one road in Albany where we can demonstrate that um, bike lanes, whether they be traditional or protected, can work, and that we look forward to doing even more um, as we to seek to fully implement the bike master plan that we have for the city of Albany. In the news this uh, past week, a coalition of officials and mayors are coming together for the Rebuild New York Now event, calling for more funding for upstate New York in uh, state transportation funding. I guess the city of New York just got a big chunk of change for this. Yes, and we're really looking for parity for upstate. And I am a big believer that we in upstate need to look at how we spend our infrastructure funding to really plan for and build the infrastructure of the future. We know that young people are buying fewer cars. We know that people are relying more on mass transit. And so we need to be able to fund the investment that it's going to take to ensure that we have an infrastructure in place that is going to serve the needs of uh, for transit here in upstate New York. And so we were really calling for parity, for looking at 100% supportive of the investment in MTA that's happening downstate. But we want to make sure that we're doing the same thing upstate. I'm the chair of the Capital District Transportation Committee, and that is the group that really looks and plans for transportation for the future. I participated on a panel in Boston a few weeks ago with people from across the country and DOT, U.S. DOT is looking at 2045. You know, we're really looking at planning out for the future. And there's a lot of work to do and a lot of investment that's needed. So some people are talking about our roads and bridges. Yes, we need to make sure that they're safe. I'm not advocating that we just rebuild what's there. I'm advocating that we build for the future. Mm. But I mean, this is such a, a big problem. I mean, you know, driving on the thruway, which I frequently do. I mean, that you, oh, that was the super highway. But I mean, in has its own source of funding, but it's also getting a little bit rough around the edges. It is, and we need to ensure that we're maintaining our bridges and that we're maintaining safety, but I think we also have to look at what we need to be doing for the future. That includes investing in transit. It includes things like what we're doing in Albany, the Madison Avenue bike lane project. We've got to make sure that we're providing streets that are complete, which means that they're safe not only for cars, but for pedestrians, for bicyclists, for mass transit, for emergency vehicles. You look at 787 and think about what could happen if we could reclaim some of that and and calm the traffic on there and reduce the number of lanes because it's overbuilt. We don't want to just rebuild an infrastructure that was created for a different capacity than what we need in the future. And so that's what we're doing on CDTC and really across the country is we're looking at patterns and we're projecting what the needs are in the future. On the subject of parking tickets, the uh, city treasurer in Albany, Darius Shanfar, says the city plans to extend an amnesty on parking tickets until the end of uh, November, November 30th. Uh, what's going on there? Well, the treasurer has decided that in exchange for a donation of uh, canned good or a non-perishable item, that the city will waive the penalty that you would otherwise pay for paying a ticket late. We want people to come in, pay their tickets, and uh, maybe feel good about uh, helping people out, particularly around the holidays. Mm. And if <laughs> I understand this correctly, I don't mean to rain on the parade, but the city can't tell people to give. 
Is that no, true? no. But, it, you know, we, what we are really trying to do is find a lighthearted and important way of addressing an issue that people have with unpaid tickets. And we're willing to waive the penalty and, you know, work with people if they're willing to help a neighbor. And the program's called their uh, Food for Fines, as I understand. Yes. It. And that was approved by the council. And it's been a great success. And it's just a way of being innovative and doing something new and different. Access television channel. Uh, Albany city officials mulling two offers to manage Albany's public access TV station. One from the Albany Public Library, where the channel Albany Studio is located. The other from the folks at Proctors in Schenectady, who operate open stage media, and they run a couple of access channels in the Schenectady area. Uh, do you have a favorite? No. I mean, look, this is, we have a, um, a committee that uh, has been appointed, and it has appointees from uh, both my office and the council. Um, you, you know, Public access should be that, should be public access. This isn't something that should be government run. The city shouldn't be putting too hard of a pressure on where this goes. This is about public access television and people creating programming that they want for their community. The way that the city is involved is that we've been the advocate because we have a franchise agreement with Time Warner Cable for obtaining funding on behalf of public access television, but we need to let the community run this. And uh, I think that, you know, first of all, collaboration and cooperation are outstanding ways of getting things done. There are limited funds that are available for this. And so if the committee is looking at a way of making those dollars go further, then I applaud those efforts. I sometimes toss in a Schenectady reference. I must say that Proctor's role in operating uh, the access channel, you know, it's been controversial there. I mean, I think it's sort of settled down, but people get really invested in running their own programs and things like that. Exactly. And I think that that has worked itself out, but people, you know, do get invested in it. I think we just need to find a way to keep it going. There are limited resources. The city certainly doesn't have the resource to be able to run this. And as I said, I think it's a really bad idea for the city to run it anyway, because this is about public access television. It's about the public. So we need people who are willing to volunteer their time, people who are passionate about this to step up and use the resources that Time Warner is providing and find a way to use those resources to get the programming on the air that they want to see. On the new business front, a new uh, restaurant has opened the Excelsior Pub. Saw your picture there. Yes, yes. We have had a lot of new openings lately, a lot of really great things happening downtown. And so uh, there's a, a real interest on the part of small business owners to get in on what is a growing uh, number of businesses in downtown and a growing excitement, tapping into both our residential market as well as the market. Uh, the Excelsior Pub is, is located strategically close to the new convention center site. Um, and the great thing about that business is that it's really focused on local beers, wines, and spirits and New York State beers, wines, and spirits. And that's what people visiting Albany are looking for. They want that unique experience. They want to go into a place that is different from what they can find if they're at a convention in Boise, Idaho. You know, they want what's going to be unique to the capital region. And I think we're really seeing a resurgence of businesses that are really laser-focused on that local flavor, that local flair. 
And the pubs at Madison and Phillips Streets. Yes. Understand. And uh, this is not in the city of Albany, actually, but it impacts Albany. I noted in the paper this week or in the business pages that American Airlines will resume flights to Chicago, joining uh, United and Southwest, which may not seem, you know, maybe people don't want to go to Chicago, but that's a big hub, and it just sort of increases the ability for travelers to, I don't know, get out of town. It, well, it, you know, it's, it's not for travelers to get out of town. It's for uh, people to be able to to commute in and out of the city. The easier it is for business people to get here, then we show up more likely on the maps of meeting planners as a place that would be an ideal location to hold those meetings and convenings. And so the more flights, the better, not only for those of us who live here, who may be traveling somewhere, as I am over the Thanksgiving holidays, but uh, for those who are looking to do business in Albany. And in fact, uh, JetBlue will be starting next month. I believe they're going to go to Orlando and, and Fort Lauderdale in Florida. That's right. That's right. So that was a, a real effort um, on the part of Senator Schumer to get JetBlue uh, coming in and out of Albany. And we hope that it's the just the beginning. Mm-hmm. The school bus uh, drivers um, who are employed by Durham School Services, they transport students in the Albany School District. They just organize, I guess they just formed a collective bargaining unit and have complaints about the employer keeping them short-staffed without the right equipment, including working cameras. I know this is the school department's issue, but what do you think? Well, I think the school district, in what I've read uh, about this issue, uh, takes very seriously its oversight role um, in ensuring that Durham is executing on its contract. But I certainly um, support employees' rights to organize, to address issues that are of concern to them in the workplace. And that is exactly what these drivers are doing. And they have every right to do that. And I support that right. As we get closer to Thanksgiving, the cash for coach drive is continuing. What's the progress report there? Well, we have, I believe, 85 boxes of coats and gloves and hats and mittens. The outpouring from this community was really phenomenal. We couldn't have done it without Lodges and the Yonnellys who own Lodges who have been very generous in this effort since 2007 and then as well as the Burke companies. Most of you know them as Dunkin' Donuts, but uh, they have been incredibly generous in making this happen as well as everybody who you know threw money in a bucket to at, at an Albany Devils game. The Albany Devils have been big supporters of this, our bids, you know, people from across the region who helped to make this happen. Mayor Sheehan, thank you very much. We'll be talking to you next week. This has been Talk of the Town on Magic 590 AM, also 100.5 FM with the Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. I'm Bob Cudmore. 590 on your radio, albanymagic.com on your digital devices, and now available at 100.5 FM. W-R-O-W. Oh, my God.